I knew some, but I didn't know it all podcast. I'm your host, Shane Newsom. amazing listeners i hope you are doing well this episode is awesome i have jay anahan joining me from how to kill a sacred cow podcast and man i learned that i don't know shit about rome and rome is super interesting and it correlates a lot to to now so i'm definitely going to be doing some more research on rome in the future and uh not saying you should too but damn it's interesting so you get a little bit of a Rome history lesson on this one. We get into some metal and music. Uh, his band, George Orwell, the musical, the freaking phenomenal, amazing band. You definitely gotta check them out. Um, yeah, this was just, I had a great time talking to Jay. Jay is a great guy. Top-notch quality podcaster. Go check out his podcast. Uh, if you're coming to my show from his show, welcome. And thanks for checking out my show. I hope you enjoy all the cool music I make and all the, you know, fun shit we get into with this podcast. So I know I have that cool little robotic intro thing, but if you have had a psychedelic experience and want to join me on the podcast, you can contact me at I knew some, but I didn't know it all pod at gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram at I knew some pod. With that, here's the trailer. Enjoy. So, if I'm dreaming, and I wake up, and I go back to sleep, I go back into the dream. Yeah, dude, I do that. Oh, yeah, I'm same. Same, I do that. Right, that's rare. Right, that's right. I don't really speak to very many people that, that all no. that. I mean, my dreams don't last, you know, for years. Sometimes, like, a dream will be, it'll be like, fucking five seconds. It'll switch to a whole new setting and everything, you know? I, I actually think that I'm... I'm occupying a different dimension i'm like pretty convinced of that and there's this this one dream that i had and this is a good example of all the stuff that i'm talking about is um so i was i was a part of a team of people that was trying to uh disarm a bomb in a hospital and yeah yeah i was so i was like you know i was i had like an earpiece in my ear and i was getting directed and and There was several times where I got to the bomb and I failed to disarm it and it blew me up and it killed me and it fucking hurt like I died the dying hurts in my dream. Dude, and, uh, I didn't felt the pain before. I felt the pain, yeah. I'm not and, shot in a dream. So, I woke yes. up and like felt, felt it for like the whole day. Yeah, it was fucking, it, 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 was, it was hard. So when I, when I died, when I got killed, 
was fucking, I was, you know, breathing heavy and all that shit. So I'm like, fucking go back to bed. I'm back in the dream. Yeah. And I have to fucking go and disarm the bomb again. But here's the thing is that the, dr the dream, everybody and everything in the dream was consistent. So I'm like, oh, well, I fucked up here last time. I'm going to, like, slip over here so this person doesn't see me. Okay, the coast is clear, I can go do it. Um, and then I successfully disarmed the bomb and I woke up and I was like, fucking thank God. And I went back to sleep. And then I was a different person on the team and I had to I had to help disarm the bomb from a different from a different perspective. It was so fucked up. And this lasted all fucking night. Bang! Decent password. Bang! Bang! You know what's crazy was um, when I was younger, I had no low end. So like you won't hear in the um, the album that I'm gonna send you, and please remind me to send it to you. I was actually on my way to, to going to send it to you. The Hegelian Dialectic was the mm -hmm. name of that album. Um, I couldn't do lows. It wasn't a fucking no. thing. No. I learned I could I learned how to do lows better first because when I learned how to do highs, I did false chord. Or not even like like the wrong kind of false chord, like the fucking ah, like that kind. Mm -hmm. That's not it's not how you scream. Um, yeah. But the lows, it's like the fucking asking Alexandria or like any kind of that kind of like. Ooh, but then you shape it more. Oh. You know. Brutal. And yeah, you can get pretty brutal with it. That was fucking brutal, man. And then. Uh, highs i just learned how to do fry screams like Whoa! and then i just like try to go up as high as i can with that and it sounds kind of like a false chord so like Whoa! you know it is it's a beautiful thing but i've been i don't know i've been trying to scream since i was like 12 or 13 so i'd hope i'd yeah. sound okay <laughs> I was I was the guitarist in a band called Schmog. Schmog. And we started um so we were a band through most of high school and then in our senior year me and the other guitarist who is the he's the guitarist for George Orwell. Mm -hmm. We started writing some more advanced stuff that the um our drummer really he just couldn't he couldn't uh grasp it he really didn't have the chops like that um he was really great at what he did but he just uh he couldn't really uh do that so he suggested that we <laughs> we work with one of our friends and then the guitar keith started writing some i shit feel that drummer yeah <laughs> and keith keith started writing stuff that i couldn't play <laughs> And so I was like, well, you know what? You and Mike, and Mike was the singer in the other band, and his native instrument is bass, and he's just an incredible bassist. So it was just kind of a waste. So it was like, you move to, I'll, I'll learn how to sing. We'll figure this thing out. Okay. So I didn't even start learning how to sing until I was uh, 17. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that's super cool. Yeah. Dude, no, I've been trying to sing my whole life, and I've just been awful at it my whole life. <laughs> oh, I was so bad for a long time. Even... Even the, the album, The Hegelian Dialectic, like if it wasn't for distortion and studio magic, that wouldn't have sounded that good. <laughs> really wouldn't have sounded that good. Did every like time I record my singing voice, I just delete it. 
I love that scene in Metalocalypse where he goes to, he's going to delete it and he's like, mm. Okay, now, now wait, wait, let's think about this. I feel that I have to redo my, my intros for every podcast several, several, several times over. Like, I fuck, if I even fuck up just a little bit, I get so mad and I'm like, delete all. Delete Fucking, it. Do it Fucking again. Gone. Yeah, but I mean, I, it takes me a couple times sometimes. Sometimes I'm just like, I don't write nothing down. I just just go with it just go with the flow and that's my intro yeah Yeah, like my my writing process is arduous you know what i mean like i i I try to like pack it with a lot of meaning i really try um to make sure that it's super creative to make sure because if there's anything i hate more than anything that's sounding like a basic bitch i don't like simple (laughs) rhythms i like to find the syncopation and if i am doing something that is like it's if it's very on beat it's because like that that is what it's supposed to be like that's i'll do something off i'll come back and then we'll all come back on the downbeat you know what i mean and then it, it all comes back together and that's one of the difficulties I'm having with with this new album. Like I was telling you before we started recording, was that uh, that this new stuff is just so crazy. There's there's no wiggle room. It's just gonna be very straightforward vocals. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and like, I, I feel I, like like you said, like that's like that's what it calls for. That's what's gonna tie it together. That's what's gonna make the chaos. You know, you know, order. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is, man. It's a, it's a tough it's a tough balancing act. You know. Um, but dude, but, like, what were you gonna say? No, no, you go ahead. Dude, playing playing music with other people is one of the best feelings I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know, I just wanted to say to the audience, like, learn how to play some kind of instrument, even if you just get like a pair of bongos. Mm-hmm. Learn how to play that along with the metronome. You could play bongos along to literally any song that has any kind of drums in it ever. Mm-hmm. And that's so fun. But then if you find some other people who are musicians or something, somebody that can play guitar, like you play with them, like it feels good. But when you get a whole band together and it's like got the amps loud, you got some, you know, nice acoustic drums. That's an experience like like no other. And I don't know. I want to inspire anybody who wants to have that experience to yeah, go ahead and try to do that in any way you can. So here's the thing about music is that it's not in everybody's DNA. It's not it's in not everyone's like, DNA. You know, some people can't just pick it up. I, and I mean, I I say that while being like the least naturally talented person musically that I know. <laughs> Ev- everything that I learned, I learned over a very long period of time and I sucked for a long time. Same. You know? And it was just, I wanted to do it so bad. Like I always wanted to be a singer, but I naturally my voice was terrible and i had to take vocal lessons at the age of 28 29 to even be a a little bit comfortable with my voice yeah and and, um even still i wouldn't even peg it until i was 30 to where i was actually like okay that sound pretty good so for the past like three years i've been really tweaking my voice um paying very close attention it's you know that you you've reached um an upper intermediate to lower advanced level when you really start considering dynamics in everything that you're doing, like Mm -hmm. where dynamics is taking premise over 
content, right? So when you're, you can sit there and smash on the strings and really fast and you can go up and down the fretboard and all that stuff, but it's nothing without a light touch. You know, you have to be, you have to be cognizant and you, like you got to sit down with the metronome. You've got to make sure that you're hundred percent on time. You've got to make sure that every note is being hit clean. Mm-hmm. And so right uh, for it. a great friend of mine, his name's John. He, uh, he's like a, he's more of a blues guitarist. He used to play in metal bands, but he's more of a blues guitarist. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like, this guy is just, a, he's a, he's a fucking tone junkie. He is constantly chasing a tone that he's never going to be satisfied with. Same. And that's one thing I really appreciate about, about, uh, that's one thing I really appreciate about my guitarist. This guy couldn't give a fuck less about tone. Like I, I get on him all the time. I'm like, dude, you need a new amp. You need a new head. Like this sounds like shit, but it makes it, it, makes it work. You know what I mean? It sounds great when we're playing, but I'm like, yeah. this could sound so much better. Um, but my friend, John, he told me, uh, sometimes good gear you, inspires you to get better, but it doesn't make you better. It doesn't make you yeah. better, but it might inspire you to get better because if, if you're playing through some shitty little martial amp and you're just using the gain on the amp, you don't have any kind of noise gate or anything. It's just going to sound like shit. If you're trying to get into metal. And I was like, dude, I suck. And then as soon as I got like a pod, Dude, I had like a noise gate and I had oh, a um, you know, like a like a tube screamer emulator, dude. I could actually get like a not it wasn't really a good metal tone, but it was way better than than the fucking shitty little amp I was playing through. And dude, I don't know that that inspired me to get better. Cuz oh, I yeah, could, I don't know, sure. you know. And nothing better. nothing makes you get better faster than recording yourself and listening to it back. Because yes. you can think you're fucking yes. nailing it. And you listen back and you're like, <laughs> oh, my God, that's how I actually sound? <laughs> Fuck. You know, I used to do this thing, especially like I love playing acoustic guitar and singing. Like it's one of my favorite things to do. That's um, cool. And uh, yeah, like I've really, I scream a lot, a lot less than I ever have. And I I regular sing a lot more. That's what I, uh, that's what I really uh, love to do. But it mm-hmm. sucks because I, I'm not actually a composer. So I can't, I don't do any writing anymore. Like I don't compose music. I'll, I write, uh-huh. I write lyrics. Um, but uh, I forget exactly why I, I got on that tangent shit. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just listening to yourself back, like that really pushes you to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and being cognizant in the moment when you're there and making sure that you're, um, so my friend John, uh, that's what I was trying to say. My friend John told me when you practice, try to hit every single note perfectly 100% mm-hmm. and, and to apply the least touch possible. Now he yes. was specifically talking about guitar. So he was like, make like get it so that it's at the the very minimum amount of pressure that it takes to actually hit the fret. Mm-hmm. And I took that piece of advice for singing. So when when you're singing, you, the the biggest thing that um uh, the one of the biggest mistakes people make is um especially in metal, but it happens in regular singing too, is that they're trying to push too hard. So you want to hit that note with the least amount of effort possible. And then once you've hit that note, you start working on the tone. And um, so like, let's say for example, like if you have, um, like let's say you're, you're approaching the bridge of the song and there's this like really 
huge sound to it. You're not going to get that huge sound by pushing to make your vocals the loudest possible. You're going to make it sound big by expressing that big open note with the least amount of effort but making sure that the tone is big. Yes. Right? And like and the, that's the beautiful thing about music too is like that is applicable everywhere. Like everywhere. if you take these little nuggets that you learn um Ghost when notes you're on the snare drum. Ex exactly. You know what I mean? Like like uh you know, like let's say you hit that you hit that part of the song and you know, you, you it's your your attempt to do something like Ha, like let's let's just take that note. Ha, ha. You know you're tempted to do that, but you you gotta lay it back and you gotta go ha, and you gotta work to get get the tone. So it's like that's that's what I love about um, my music teacher. She really taught me, you know, um, and she taught me like you want to practice singing from your nose. You want to practice mm -hmm. singing from the back of your throat and the front of your throat and in the mouth. So it's like yeah, you like can get so pencil. much. So many exactly above the pencil, um, and um, so you can take the same note. Like let's say you take it real nasally, like hey. You could take that <clears> same <throat> note and you put it in the back of your throat. You know, oh, it's yeah. like that's that's where you get all the different all the different tones from, mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, it's like, and and the the crazy thing about singing too, it's it's what makes it unlike any other instrument. Of course, is you know because it's your body, um, but you have to um, you have to make sure that uh, different words and different vowels are going to necessarily have to take place in different parts of the mouth. Right, like there are some For vowels sure. in some situations <laughs> that that can be done in several different places, but there are certain vowels in certain situations where it's it can only be in that middle part of your of your uh, the top of your palate. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, and it's just like. So yeah, like I was saying, like that's what that is what what is beautiful about music is that you find these little nuggets that like you can take with you in your life. You know, it, it, like let's say you're you, there's some type of interpersonal reaction, uh, some type of interpersonal um, uh, relationship. Like like you're just uh, you're interacting with a person. Um, the way that you practice enhancing the relationship and 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 furthering the relationship in whatever situation that might be whatever whatever the goals are for that relationship you want to apply the least amount of touch the minimum amount of touch in order to get whatever effect it is you're trying to get you know exactly like singer exactly like guitar um so it's like i am an abrasive motherfucker you know what i mean like <laughs> i i am very diplomatic but if someone asks me a question, you know, I very rarely sugarcoat it. It's only in really professional situations, you know, where I'm at work where I'm like, I gotta be careful about what I'm about to say here. <laughs> you know, because like my, I'm a very nice guy, but I, I am an asshole also. <laughs> I'm all these things. Uh, so, 
you know, my first reaction sometimes when someone asks a stupid fucking question is to tell them that it's a stupid fucking question. Like, I'll tell my <laughs> friends straight out. I'll be like, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard, you know, and you're you're actually a fucking idiot. You should probably rethink, you know, the way that you're thinking about this thing. See, you I'm, know, a, but I'm like a boss, so I can't I can't do that. I can't have any stupid questions because mm -hmm. like sometimes like you have somebody that's never done it before. They have no idea what the fuck they're doing. And if you like, I don't know, if you discourage them from asking a question one time, dude, they're just going to keep fucking shit up and you're going to be pissed off. So mm -hmm. I can't, I can't do that. I got to like, if you have any question, come to me immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, I just, uh, I run into the same thing about a month ago. I was uh, given a supervisor position. I started uh, this position six months ago and then, you know, about a month ago I got the supervisor position and it was a weird kind of a switch because like the employees started coming to me. I mean, they would already come to me because like I was good at doing this or that thing, but like now they're coming to me in an official capacity and they're like, um, okay, what do you want to do here? And I'm like, why are you asking me? Oh, fuck. I actually have to, like, I have to do that. That's me. Okay, that's right. This is how you want to do it. You know what I mean? And so, like, I'm trying I'm, I'm trying to, to really, like, hone those, uh, the leadership skills. But I'm also in a very uh, lucky situation where everybody that, I, that works for me, uh, they're great people. You know, so it's like, I, I got very lucky. You know, I don't, that's there's no cool. shitheads that work for me. No one's lazy. It's nice. It's a very small department. So You're the only cool. asshole. I am the only asshole. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Did no one ever, gets it harder. No one, no one gets it harder than family members too. Like family members, I'm fucking ruthless. With. Ruthless. That's great. Because That's you got great. a whole lifetime. My family of members will just like get, just cry or get pissed off. Yeah, yeah, that good. happens too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like my sister, I'm the most brutal with. Like I love her to death, but I'm fucking brutal with her. I'm like yeah. the nicest to my sisters. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, man. You know, it's like I'm a, I'm a big brother, you know, so growing up, I, you know, I made her tough, you know. That's cool, man. We had to re we had to rely on each other. You know, we had a, we had a re really tough upbringing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we grew up in a, in, in a fucked up city, um, in a fucked up situation, you know, like alcohol, drugs, mm -hmm. uh, you know, parents, um, my mother held held shit together very was, the best that she could. She did she did a great job, um, but she was not without her faults. <laughs> and um, there was a few there was some chunks of our lives that um, she made it very difficult for us. And you know, everybody goes through their own shit, and it makes you a tougher person anyway. Um, but we grew up in a tough city and, you know, I had to, I had to make my sister tough. Now I, yeah. I didn't do it growing up, like with the intention of making her tough. I just fucking hated her. <laughs> you know, we didn't actually start getting along until we started smoking weed together when, and, you know, we were teenagers. And like, <laughs> yeah. actually, you know what? You're not all that bad, you know? No. Weed bringing people together. Didn't <laughs> you ever learn the throat sing? I've been attempting it. I'm like, right there. I'm like, I'm like. Did you got it? More air. Just add a little more air. That was it, dude. Cool. <laughs> right there. Yeah, those throat singers, that's something else. And 
and the thing that I really, really love um, that music has taught me about reality is the malleability and the playfulness with it. Because uh, with music, you have to work within a structure. That's it's, why I love it's metal. A, it's a very predefined structure. And metal goes out of its way to break all the Go rules. anywhere with it. Yes. Uh, but, like, you have this... It's like the, the world is your playground when you're writing a song. Um, and you you have the opportunity to do something that no one's ever done. Now, this is something that's hard to wrap your mind around. You got eight fucking notes. How in the fuck? Or 12 12. notes, however, you know, know, eight notes in the the octave, you got 12 notes. Yeah. How in the fuck has every piece of music that's ever been written used 12 notes? 12 notes. And it never exhausts itself. Now, like... Uh, genres get played out, they come and go, but for the most part, and the one thing that I really love about music in this day and age, especially with Spotify, is that, um, and because of the proliferation of uh, the the ease of, re- of recording technology, all that stuff, and so people that, that maybe wouldn't have had the opportunity to do exciting professional sounding stuff now has that. So anybody that all you need is a little bit of drive and and you can you can make something incredible uh the Indeed. the technology is not a barrier anymore no. so um all these genres are coming back like funk uh j- jazz is blowing the fuck back up jazz. americana and oh, country yeah, folk um it's all coming all back kinds metal of shit dude and metal is fine so metal so here's the thing is that recording technology got really fucking good through the through the uh, it was getting better through the 70s got really good in the 80s got spectacular in the 90s and then that's when metal started to come in as we as we understand it the metal that that we play in the Yeah like. man. And the recording quality was horrific. <laughs> oh it yeah, was well oh horrific. yeah. Horrific. Like that's- look at Alaska, Between the Barrier to Me Alaska. A terribly produced album. You think it's so? legendarily terrible. Yeah, they they were dissatisfied with it entirely. There was something, um, there was something went wrong during the recording process, and so that's why they did a re-release of it a couple of years ago. What album is it? Alaska. You know, it's Selkies and Crokies and Boat Shoes. Dude. Oh, I'm... and I I saw Between the Buried and Me after they released Alaska live. Oh, it was a religious experience. It was fucking fuck fuck fucking incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, that does like, look, sound, that does sound kind of bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's bad. That sounds like a demo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and just like, look at the, um, I, as, as incredible as, as like every time I die is, um, hot damn was, was decent in terms of recording quality. Um, but, uh, what, what, uh last night in town, they the album inspired by that. like black metal or something. Hey, let's just like record uh, like, everything at the same time with, Shitty equipment. Yeah. <laughs> um, like Last Night in Town, Between the Bear and Me's, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Every Time I Die's second album, Last Night in Town, those songs are fucking incredible. The album is ho- horribly produced. Um, <laughs> but metal is finally like it is, it's like where the it's all. I guess the chair oh, doesn't the sound bad, but it's just like, it's insane. They record, they record everything live. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I can't even listen to, uh, their their first album anymore, <laughs> you know, really really nothing before uh, you know what was it? I think they did the fiance after Wars and Rumors of War, 
Wars and Rumors of War was like, that was the first album where they uh, did like a, a real studio album. It was legit. And they only did feedback, you know, in, in very purposeful places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, um, oh, it was such a good fucking album. Did I see, love The Chariot. My, like, very, like, first, like, metal band, metal band that I really, really got into was Bullet For My Valentine. And, like, their production's, like, really good. Like, it still holds up. Like, even their first album, like, today, like, those live drums sound pretty good. Like, all those guitar tones. Like, dude, that, that shit sounds good. Yeah, it does. And, like... So I like I would just evolve from there, like moved on to like Chelsea Green and Born of Osiris and stuff. And those guys were all just like that's when like Joey Sturgis and those guys were just starting to fucking push production to the next level. Mm-hmm. And that's the sort of like kind of metal I started getting into. So like I never I, like my that my buddy I was showing you the band Sidic, like he's he's a, he's probably around your age. So he's like he's into like every time I die in the chariot and all that. That's the only reason I like have ever even heard of any of these bands is because he showed them to me before. Cause like, I, I don't know. That's, I didn't, I didn't get into Tony Danza tap dance extravaganza. Oh. They're more, they're more of the, you know, my style of metal, but like production quality, more of like the chariot side of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Especially that those first two albums. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. saw, Tony Danza um, in the era after they released that first album, like 2006, 2007. I That's saw them at a sick. fucking VFW. It, what, it, and I, I, I didn't know them. So they're original guitarists. Oh, dude, like, no, yeah, you told this story on the on the um, I, on the metal roundtable, dude. Say, no, that was sick, dude. They're like they're just sitting over. Yeah, tell it, tell the tell them where they're sitting. Yeah, this. they were just like they were just. Like I thought they were just handling the merch table. They were dudes in their forties. Like they were bald, <laughs> like balding, not bald, balding. Yeah. You know, and they they when they started playing, I was just like, Oh my god. Oh. You know what I mean? And that's and that was actually like a really good lesson, a good slap in the face, because I was super young, you know, eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, it was man. it was just like it doesn't matter what you look like. It's it doesn't appearances don't matter. Music, and I and I dude. think that's that's true more than anywhere. Um in, in metal, metal. Yeah. but e- even um there's this band called uh saint paul and the broken bones there it's like it's beautiful like motown type like funk it's so fucking good and the singer is incredible and i had been listening to them for a few months until i uh, when i had watched their first uh, the uh, a video of theirs for the first time and the singer is this over he's not overweight but he's getting there white dude <laughs> with glasses dorky looking motherfucker he's so ugly and it's just like and the the fucking shit that comes out of his body is angelic Beautiful. he is oh my god he's got so much soul like so much soul you know what i mean dude, um, it's, it's like a meatloaf bro yeah like, yeah yeah kind of like meatloaf. it reminds me a lot of um like it reminds me a lot of uh, there's a Chris Rock joke where Chris Rock said for every pound that you are overweight you need to pick up a book is because like if you're, if you're ugly you better be good at something or you better be smart you know what I mean yeah. because you got nothing else and I I think that's a great motivator for a lot of musicians there are some ugly fucking musicians out there yeah man. you know what I mean and there's no way they're getting laid unless they get really good at fucking instruments you know what I mean they're not gonna they're not gonna get like they might get a girlfriend or two if they become like a software programmer but <laughs> if you get really good at guitar, dude, fuck really, really yeah, fucking dude. good. 
you will get laid. Get laid. And you know what I mean? And you know what? That, that's the whole reason I started playing guitar. Well, not the whole reason. Well, that's yeah, the whole, pretty dude. much the whole reason. Pussy, dog. Pussy. And it, so I fucking, um, you know, uh, when I was 12, I started playing guitar. I was like, this is going to help me get, get some girls. I'm going to get some girls. And um, so I fucking somehow find myself in a genre that's a fucking sausage fest. You know what I mean? Like, not just metal, tech metal. Yeah, dude. Math core. Where, like, <laughs> our only fans are musicians. It's just the other, it's just the bands. The only other people in the crowd are the other bands playing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I played a few of those shows. 100%. <laughs> you know, it, here's, a, here's a fun fact. It's something that I, uh, that I don't think I've ever told um, on the podcast. 2084, the album 2084. There's a ton of inside baseball stuff in, in that album. There's a lot of uh, callbacks. Um, but so the album is 21 minutes and 24 seconds long, which is 20 minutes and 84 seconds. Uh, I didn't know that. Didn't know that. Yeah. And, um, there's one line in there that I'm like super, super proud of, but it's like, it's, um, it's in, uh, 451 degrees Fahrenheit mm-hmm. where, um, so that song is, is very much so like the theme of the album is fire and light and so the uh it's 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 um it's it revolves around the story of prometheus so the point is that you know so prometheus is he's he's punished by the gods because he dares bring fire to the humans which enlightens them and then they can you know they're able to do all kinds of things they can cook and all the things that you end up doing with fire it illuminates it it brings knowledge it you know there's the the physical side of it but also the the metaphysical side of it um but also you just gave humans the tool with which they use to destroy each other themselves you know what i mean so it's just as destructive Mm -hmm. and so that's the whole point of the album is like the the um, the things that humans do with the thing that's supposed to liberate them and that. And so you, you almost have to question like, yeah, you want to live your human experience, but the gods may have had a good point in not allowing humans to uh, utilize fire. And so um, in 451 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, it, it, there's, it's, it's just mass destruction and things like that. Um, it's just, it's, it's war. It's, um, you know, uh, but the, the song opens up, well, they didn't build Rome in a day, but we invaded in one, salted the earth in Carthage, burned the books of Alexandria. You know what I mean? Like, that's the furthest yeah, fucking dude. song. It's yeah, like, dude, let's fucking rapping that shit too. And so, and so like the, um, the, the, uh, there's a god, uh, in, in the Hindu religion, uh, named Agni, and Agni is the god of fire, um, and the the uh, the uh, properties of Agni is uh, is to create, maintain, and destroy. And so it's a recurring theme in the in the album. It comes up a lot. Is fuck by kill, create, maintain, destroy, mm. and so. Um, that's like, that's a theme that runs throughout the album and the end, uh, the, well, the, um, the false ending of 451 degrees Fahrenheit, it's the breakdown before the breakdown, a, um, it's, uh, an amalgamation of, uh, 
the final words of Roman emperors, right? So it's um, what is that? Ah, um, shit, I forget. I forget the fucking words. It's um. Oh shit! I'm sorry. I forget my own goddamn words. <laughs> I, actually, this is a, this is a problem. Like, I'll go to play a song, and then I'll be like, "Fuck! I forget all the words." Did I've totally done I'll, that? I'll look at my bassist, Mike, and I'm like, "Mike, what's the first word?" She. I'm like, "Ah, oh, I got it. Got Boom, it." Boom! Right. Got the whole rest of yeah. the song pops back in. Um, yeah, dude. So it's um. Oh my god! Can you talk for a minute? I'm gonna look yeah, up dude. my own lyrics. Yeah. So. I fucking was a was a was a vocalist in a band that you know we didn't we didn't get, get anywhere either. But dude, I would do that all the time. I like we'd be practicing and like most of the songs I didn't write the lyrics for. He already had lyrics written for, and he just wanted me to do it like that. I changed the flows and stuff. I changed a couple words here and there, just you know, and. uh Dude, like half the time it'd be like shit. Like it'd be like I'd know I have I'd be like I'd have the whole song in my head ready to go, but as soon as we go to play, bro, like it's gone. That was a pretty cool band. Um It's like we lived like two hours, like two like I don't know, two and a half, two hours away from each other. So that was a pain in the ass. That was a reason. That was a reason we didn't That's a distance. The lyrics go, um, what an, what an artist Rome loses in me, which is the final words of Nero, right? Because he burned, and that's, that's Nero too. So the, 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 um, theory or the, the myth is that he burned Rome purposefully so that he could rebuild it because it was, um, it was the only way that, you know, there was a great fire in Rome and it was, um, he was accused of starting it so that he could re do all the rebuilding projects that he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And the, the myth is that he was playing his lyre while watching the city burn. Mm -hmm. And so that's, so it's what an artist Rome loses in me. We must flee indeed, but of our own hand. Um, and so that's the final words of Brutus um, and, and his compatriot uh, when, so uh, after Julius Caesar was killed, uh, by the senators, there was a war that erupted between the faction of the Senate and of uh, what became the, the second triumvirate, which was uh, Octavius, Mark Antony, and um, I've, I always forget the third guy. Um, and so they were backed up and they knew that they were going to be killed. They knew that the, the triumvirate was going to defeat them. And they said, like, we must flee indeed, but of our own hand. And the uh, the final line of that section is, have I played my part well, then applaud as I leave, this comedy is done. And that was the purported final words of Augustus, which was the first emperor of Rome, the Principate. And so that is like, there's always, the point I was trying to make with those three lines and the way that they had come together, I was trying to make the point that that is always the inevitable conclusion of war. That is always the inevitable conclusion about bringing nations to war, is it always ends in your death. There's no <laughs> fucking glory, and maybe they'll, maybe they'll be kind to you in the history books, but people weren't really kind to Nero, you know, in the history books. 
And I, I do, I fucking love that song. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of nuggets in that album. And I took a very, I, I, it was a very intensive period when I wrote yeah so that particular song i locked myself in my room for two days i did a whole bunch of drugs and i did Did, not stop until it was done this is what i wanted to get into next uh (laughs) how much did psychedelics inspire this album (laughs) um zero zero okay what kind of drugs not the drug oh adderall kind of drugs lots of adderall uh a lot of pot lot of alcohol just locked but myself in was, my room and, and was I it had initially influenced by psychedelics in as much as as psychedelics have affected my psyche and the okay. way that i i process and view the world yes okay yes. okay um but this particular album was mainly fueled as most of my albums are is by alcohol and pot <laughs> um, so I was I was a rapper for years after uh-huh. like George Orwell took a break because um we lost our drummer and we just kind of like lost uh the drive to do it anymore and this was before um we recorded the Hegelian dialectic in 2012 and I rapped for years I was the uh, a rapper called the PhD yeah and I would go home and I would lock myself up in my room with just a bunch of weed and a bunch of just a, a bunch of alcohol, like <laughs> a, a hard alcohol. And I would just sit there and write. Uh, so I didn't have to be at work until 1130 AM. So I'd get home after eight o'clock with all of my supplies. <laughs> and I would just, uh, I would stand in my room. I would have uh, my dresser and I would put my notebook on the dresser and I would just write. Now, the thing with rapping, especially the way that I approach writing, is um, it's it's rewrite, 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 draft, draft, rewrite, rewrite, okay. redraft the drafts, rewrite the rewrites. Um, and so writing, especially a, a hip hop song, is is for me, it takes a lot. It takes, yeah. it takes a long time and it's very arduous and... And what I'll usually do is I will, um, I will do like a data dump. I will fucking just write two pages straight of just nonsense, just ideas and whatever. Okay. And maybe, maybe one line, two lines in there make me go, I like that. I'm gonna write the song around that. Uh. And that's not that's not even the first draft. That's the data dump. And then there's a first draft. And I think I might have. No, I think it's in my backpack. What the fuck is it? Got the no, notebook. No, give me one moment. This man's got the notebook. I I tried. I've tried writing lyrics. I could write lyrics a little bit. So I've like I've written some some good lyrics. The lyrics I've written, I think, are are decent. But there's not that many lyrics that I've written. <laughs> so in this uh, in this notebook, I actually have. Uh, that I wrote 2084 in this in this notebook, so this is a really good. Uh, I I have every draft of these songs. That's cool. That's cool. that's super. So I can cool. show you. I can show you uh, my writing process real quick. Um, so what I'll do is I will grab this camera and I will share it with the world. If you'll be so kind to join me, people. 
I am going to... I'll try to describe everything for my listeners. Let's Logitech camp, sure. Yeah, I mean, I'll still... Uh... Where'd I go? You're gone. You disappeared. This part... Here we go. Okay. So this is my webcam. Got this right here. And so... Here, for example, is the first draft of 451 degrees Fahrenheit. And as you can see here, the first words is, ladies and gentlemen, heroes and dames, distorting definitions is the game. Didn't, that is not how the song fucking starts. No. So this is like, this is that first draft that I was talking about where it's like fucking, I've got notes up here. Let me see. Nope, none of that was used. Let me see if I can find anything that was used. Fuck by kill your way to him. That's it. <laughs> I kill this whole page, this whole page. And so this is the first time where this pops up and it's uh, we didn't we didn't uh, burn Rome. No, no. We burned the library of Alexandria. We went door to door in a guerrilla war. So it's like it's 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 um approaching wow. what it's going to be. Right. Dude, that is a process. And then. um. So this is the first time that the line, the first lines of the of the um, the song are actually taking shape. But it says we didn't build Rome in a day, but we did burn that shit down in one. And so that's like, you know what I mean? And then I, I'm, I'm going back over and I'm like, I know I got something here. I know that I've got something that I can work with and I'm write it again. You know, we didn't build Rome in a day, but we burned that shit down in one, salted the earth in Carthage, and set flame to Alexandria. And I was like, oh, that's close. That's not mm. where I really want it to be. And then, you know, this is going, we didn't burn Rome in a day, but we invaded in one, salted the earth in Carthage, burned the books of Alexandria. And I'm like, I got it. But that's like five pages of writing. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And like, I've got, I come up with all these ideas and like, I'm scratching shit out. This is why I don't like writing because this is what it, you know what I mean? And this is still, we're still going through it. This is still, the, and then right here, I'm, I'm going through and I'm doing research. So like, I'll, I'll start pulling books off my shelf and I'm like, I got to dig deep and I'll just read about, uh, I'll read about something for a couple hours before like I, I pull out what I want to. So Agni is the god of fire, contains soul and fire-bodied beings. It's the, the god of rebirth, a class of reincarnated beings like Agni. Like I'm, I'm digging deep into the story and the mythology of Agni just so I can. It's a one line. It's yeah. one line. I wrote all this for one line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like That's incredible. And then, and then I'm coming at it. I'm coming at it. Where is it? And then, and then, I, and then I start like approaching. I know that I'm like midway through in this part of the process because, like, you can see there's less scratches. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like writing. I'm like, okay, I like where this is going. I like where this is still fucking. And then, um, this is like a, this is a final. A finalized rough draft. And are you like playing the song over and over and over, over again? And over and over and over and over <laughs> and over. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so I know right here that this is the the final the final rough draft. And then here, as you can see, this is this is the first of the final draft, right? Like I I'm I'm getting close. I know that I like it, 
But you know, now now I'm refining it and I'm like, okay, I like this line, but this line just isn't working for some reason. I got to make it work and then I'm fucking um I'm still trying to find it. You know, I know it's it's almost there. And Ooh. then there we go, let's catch 22. And then I finally I do one more final. This is the the final final. I think did I do it one more time? Yes. This is the final final. You know what I mean? That was like 20 pages, dude. Yeah. That's why I don't like to write. <laughs> like, it's like, because I got no chill. I got no fucking chill. You that is me? crazy, dude. Um, yeah. So it's, that's my process. That's, that's, that's awesome. I, I do not do that. I, uh, <laughs> people don't. It just comes. The lyrics just come to me, and I just write down whatever, I, whatever, whatever I'm feeling. You and know, sometimes sometimes I edit it a little bit, but most of the time it's like, mm, nope. I found some good words that sound good. I'm not messing with it. <laughs> you know, like it's like I'm never happy. I'm never happy with anything. You I'm know never, what I mean? Like, but it, it's an important thing because it it drives me to to really like I'm I'm one of my biggest I am my biggest critic. Like Dude. I I am I am not easy on myself, and that's why a lot of people um you know they might they they sometimes don't understand that I'm being abrasive because I care about them. Right, they don't know that like I'm being a hard ass because like that's what I do to me too. I don't expect you know, you're getting the same treatment I'm getting in here, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hell like, yeah, dude. It wasn't even until very recently. Like I was a cynical fuck. It was it wasn't until within the past like couple of years that I was able to just be happy with myself. I was always beating myself down, always fucking nothing was ever good enough and and i i have had like a like a strange life like a very strange life and i've caught a lot of bad breaks but i'm also extremely lucky in a lot of different ways but one of my biggest problems is that like i can't get away with anything right like if i do something that i know is wrong i get caught immediately karma oh, yeah. gets me immediately there is no lag time that's you know a what good I mean? thing. Yeah, it is a good thing. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, the 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 real like fucking the um, like and as you can see in that writing process is like I'm not fucking putting this out until it's perfect. That's, until it's yes. absolutely perfect. Go listen to George um, Orwell the musical. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because you see like, how much work this man put in. Yeah, like and that's like because because I'm writing for me. You know what I mean? And I know it's lost on most people. You know, I've never had, I mean, I've had people be like, man, I was reading the lyrics, that's fucking great. But they don't, they don't, they don't dig into it. I'm like, did they this gold nugget. do the and research I'm, you did. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, open the gates of Janus and let it all begin again. I have never had anybody come up to me and go like, yo, man, that's fucking, that's, that, that line right there. Because what the gates of Janus is, um, so in ancient Rome, they would open the gates of Janus, it was a temple, when they were at war, and they would close it when they were at peace. But uh, Rome, was, Rome was at war most of the time, so it was always open. And so this is like, uh, so that's the second verse um, after, so in the first verse, the, um, 
the what could be called what could be called the barbarians are are coming in because they're tr they're getting retribution for what the empire did to them and so the empire says open the gates of janus let's fuck it they they want a war we'll give them a fucking war um so and i've never had anybody come up to be like yo that's a fucking Open the gates of James. <laughs> that's fucking better. That's so inside baseball. You know what I mean? It's like because I'm a I'm a huge ancient Rome buff. You know what I mean? Like that's I I absolutely that was I don't know why it it's just oh it always like why why are people interested in things right i've always yeah. wondered this you why? probably were like you probably were one of those those leaders or something dude i was in a band <laughs> we were in a it was like a freaking like viking metal band but uh the the album he was writing was about rome we had a song about romulus and remus word uh, mm -hmm. yeah betraying betraying his brother yeah so romulus and remus were the uh the mythological founders of rome and um one of the brothers is killed very much as it's a cain and abel story mm -hmm. um and uh it's it's romulus that lives and he founds what's interesting about rome so this is in the mythology and it probably like the f uh the the further you get in the mythological story of the founding in rome you're probably starting to get closer to history and so rome was originally it was a very minor city-state um, and it it was first populated by fugitives, vagabonds, people that were fleeing. They were um, they were because they were bad people. They were fleeing all the different places, like like a, 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 uh, the Etruscans, Etruria, which was the like the dominant power. They were they was just a ve the a Veii. They were just north of of where Rome is now. Okay. Um, and and Rome assimilated a lot of their culture. Um, so if you ever go to a museum and they have like a, some type of chronological display of uh, Greek and Roman architecture, they'll always start with the Etruscans because they were like, you know, like 600 BC, something like that. And then you'll go forward and it'll take you uh, through the founding of, you know, all that, all that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but so the founding story of Rome after, you know, uh, Romulus starts it, it's called the Rape of the... Um, Oh fuck! Oh, why am I why am I blanking on it, Ryan? The, the the rape of the Sabine women. So what the Romans did was they invited a, a, a an adjacent city state to a festival, a, a, a Saturn worship festival, Saturnian. Uh, it was a Saturnian festival, and what they did was they uh, they put all the women somewhere. They locked them in, and then they they locked all the men out and killed a bunch of the men Damn. and um they kept the woman because they didn't have women to propagate with because they were all fugitives oh. and stuff like that oh, shit. and so they took the women and they took them and they made a bunch of babies and Holy a couple of years shit. later the sabines returned to get their vengeance because they had to regroup because they were a lot of them were killed yeah and so they had to uh, they joined with um you know some neighboring tribes and whatever like that and they boosted uh, they got an army to go back and kill them but when they got back to uh to rome to reclaim their women all these women started families with these guys yeah and they're like look you can't 
you can't you guys can't fight like this is my life now now i have children i got to take care of these children you know yeah. can we just can we just be at peace can we just call it a day um and eventually the sabines were absorbed into the the roman city state the growing roman uh, city state yeah. and so it's like so rome from its founding is fucking brutal fucking brutal fucking brutal <laughs> i think that's why i always like you know what i mean just these stories of these generals like that there's there's uh, that's god damn it Loki. um so uh, kill you zikius that's the I, noise uh the seducts right <laughs> does cause exist the noise the ducks makes ah shut up toki um yeah fucking so and i i love the stories of these generals and i even i'm, I'm i geek out about a roman history like i really love getting into the the administrative and, and bureaucratic aspects of how the the empire was run um you i've know, like there's, done there's, zip zero research on rome really i mean there's so many like cracks and crevices <laughs> that you can get into you get lost like if uh, I, what i would suggest is i mean like roman history is super important especially because the founding fathers based um the the american governmental system on uh this uh it was very it, they studied the roman senate they studied roman history and they set the american government up in part you know there was a, there was a lot of influence from uh european uh experience and stuff like that and with the enlightenment and all that stuff but they it was very explicit like if you go back and you read the federalist papers they're constantly referencing rome and they were like this is what went wrong this is how you stop because what happened was um rome was it was a republic so it was um, kind of like our federal system where the senators were, they, they, they didn't represent the people really. They were, they were the elites. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they actually- the Parasites. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, they were, the, they were the people that made stuff happen. You know what I mean? They were the ones that provided, uh, I mean, Rome is very complicated in how it became an empire because even when it became an empire, they were, Everybody was so the uh, Augustus, the first emperor of Rome, uh, Octavian. He was the nephew of Julius Caesar, and he was part of the triumvirate um, that was to that that took out the Senate. Even when he took power, he never called himself emperor. That is something that historians place mm. on him after the fact. He was what it, what he called the principate. So he was restoring the Senate, restoring the Senate. He was the absolute dictator, but he gave this appearance of the Senate because the people needed the illusion of the Republic in order to have confidence in it. Um and the founding fathers were very cognizant of this and so the way that it worked with the senate for a long time before the warlords um like uh, marius and sulla who they're they're in the generation before julius caesar okay. um and, and they were that was like the tail end of the the republic proper they um the, the senate they did have representatives for the people in the Senate, but they only, it was like, it's very complicated and I really shouldn't get into it. What I was gonna say though, <laughs> is that uh, you should actually like the best and most entertaining way to learn about Rome is uh, Mike Duncan's History of Rome podcast. Okay. 
He does. It's from and the it's it's incredible because this guy is one of the best podcasters ever. I've listened um, to like Dan Carlin's Hardcore History a few times about. It's so um, it's it's fucking Mike Duncan. Couple it's, things, it, so Mike Duncan's right I can here. Get down. Dan Carlin's like right here. He's okay. like one level above okay. him. But but everybody loves. Um, you know, because Dan Carlin is he's in a league in his own, you know, <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, but the, it's just uh, like the, an information overload. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he does it in a very I don't remember story. any of it. When I, I mean, well, what I really appreciate about Dan Carlin is that he uh, he, he story tells the whole time. I mean, yeah, it is a ton of information, great. but he still weaves it into a narrative. Oh, nobody, yeah. nobody. It's very, very rare, very unique. It's a very rare gift. Um and this is so Mike Duncan is completely the opposite. He writes all of his episodes in essay form and then reads them um, on the podcast. Uh, okay. But it's it's incredible watching. Like if you listen to the first like twenty episodes, which covers like the the um, mythological founding of Rome and into the the first few kings of Rome because there were kings before there were there was a a, a republic. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the seven kings, I think. Uh, the it's incredible to watch him grow as a podcaster because those first episodes are rough. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're rough. But he like he hits his stride, you know, around like episode twenty, and then he just keeps getting better and better. But he digs so deep, you know what I mean. So in any given period that he's speaking about, because it's in complete one hundred percent chronological order, which okay, is just like in and of itself, that feat is just like that's awesome. That's it is, great. <laughs> I, I don't even think he knew what he was getting himself into when he started it. And and then like he was like, Well, I guess and and he decided to end it at the fall of the Western Empire because technically the Roman Empire continues in the east in Byzantium for another yeah. uh, like thousand years. Yeah. Um and uh the it, it's all Byzantines. It's just so it's um yeah, but definitely check that out. That's a, it's it's a great and it's very entertaining, yeah. um, and it's it's information heavy. And he references all the sources, every fucking source that there is, uh, contemporary as well as classical, right? So if he's if he's writing about fucking um, Herodotus, like if 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 something takes place during the time of Herodotus, he uses Herodotus as a reference. You know, and um, I have uh, Herodotus here in the great books of the Western world. You see uh, these books right here? Yeah. Right down there is the great books of the Western world. It's not a complete set. And there's another layer underneath that on the bottom level. Um, But that goes from, it goes from the ancient um, Greek playwrights all the way up to Freud. That's the great books of the Western world. Um, And so, like, I read a lot of that. It's even got Gibbon's... um, you know, fall of the the Roman Empire. Uh, it's you know, people don't read enough books. You know, I definitely don't. You gotta read, man. <laughs> I read a little bit. You gotta read. <laughs> I haven't read a book in probably six months. <laughs> I've been slacking, um, but I supplement. So I have um, listen. To, I just listen to podcasts, and then oh, pi- well, podcast is great, but it has to be both. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, I know. I definitely need. I've, I've been, I've been feeling the itch to get a good, good book recently. So I, I got some suggestions for you. Um, 
But I mean, I've been slacking on reading just because like my whole entire schedule has changed and I have, I just can't read as much as I used to. I used to read for hours a day and I did that for, I used uh, to just uh, read before I went to sleep and that, that was great. It, it is, it is great. But like, you have to have time that you set aside. It's like this hour is for yeah, reading and for it, sure. it gets tougher the older you get because you have family and yeah, you know, dude. it's, it's the, that, that stuff gets difficult, but the, you have to be disciplined at it because there's yeah. no way to read the amount of stuff that you need to read. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's so much that you need to read. It's, it's fucking sickening. That's you why I like, I've like, kind of I been got, like, ah, oh, that's why it's okay. Because like, I'll never have enough time to read all the books that I want to read. So yeah, let alone you know, the books that you have to read. So the, the books <laughs> that you have to read are more difficult because you don't yeah. want to read them. They're, yeah. they're, they're hard. A lot of the times, if you're reading something from fucking 400 BC, it's <laughs> very impenetrable. You know what I mean? Like you have to read Julius Caesar. You have to read William Shakespeare's Julius Caesar. It's, yeah. it's terrible to read. Um, but actually, um, there was, a. um, there was a a movie Julius. They did a Julius Caesar movie. Um, We're just gonna Mar read all these to my son. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> He's gonna have no clue what what you're saying. That's um, all right. Did, it'll, it'll be in there. They did a movie Julius Caesar. They just um they took the the William Shakespeare Julius Caesar and they did a a, a movie version of it. Marlon Brando playing Mark Antony, and he oh, has this. Seen that. Oh my god, he has this incredible scene, which is like this. It's the best scene in the play. Um, you know, in the movie play, uh, the 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 screen the screenplay, um, where he uh, is so basically Brutus. They kill Caesar. Brutus comes in front of the people on the steps of the Capitol, and he pleads his case. He's like, "Listen, this guy was a tyrant. He was destroying the Republic. You know, we had to." And everybody's with him. And Mark Antony comes out. Mark Antony was uh, Julius Caesar's number two. He was the clear. Um, and Mark Antony goes on to have like his own fucking crazy life. He goes to fucking, he goes to Alexandria and he f starts fucking Cleopatra and they have kids. Uh, and Cleopatra has yeah. got kids from Julius Caesar also. Yeah. And it's fucking like, it's just so crazy. And that's like, and that's, that's why the Senate was always like so jumpy about it because, you know, he's got claimants to the throne fucking sitting there in Egypt. It's it's crazy. And then they and then Octavius who changes his name to Augustus, he's the first emperor. He goes and and he fucking takes out Mark Antony in the the uh uh, it's the the oh, I forget the fucking name of the battle right now. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, he uh, so Mark Antony comes up after Brutus on the steps of the Capitol, and he gives this speech where it's just so manipulative and masterful. And he's like, he's like, you know, his whole thing is is like he's saying Brutus said that he had to kill Caesar, and Brutus is an honorable man. You know, and it's like it's so masterful the way that it, it, it develops throughout the speech because he's like and he's like he says that Brutus, he says that Caesar was ambitious. Was Caesar ambitious? I don't know. But you have to believe Brutus because Brutus is an honorable man. And he slowly like starts mm -hmm. taking it like and he's like, this is the man that like he's basically saying like Caesar, he's got Caesar's will. And he's like, should I read Caesar's will? He's like, is it enough to know that you're you're his heirs? Because Caesar, what he did in his will was he and this was a whole fucking thing because uh because Mark Antony goes to 
um, the Vestal Virgins, and he takes the will from the Vestal Virgins who were holding it, um, uh, they were protecting it, he steals it before anyone else can see it, so he may have altered it. But what Caesar did was he gave um, all of the public lands of Rome to the people, he gave them all a, a shit ton of money, like all of the money that in his treasury, he gave it to the people, he dispersed it amongst everybody, and he's like, he's like, was this man ambitious? He was like, he gave you fucking Rome, but Brutus is an honorable man. And he basically, he turns the whole fucking crowd against him. And it's like, yeah. the, Brutus and the senators are like, we got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and they do, they fucking bounce. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so hardcore. You know what I mean? And that's why I love Rome. It's so hardcore. Dude. And there's conspiracies everywhere. You know what I mean? And so much is is um, up for debate. They're like, there's a, this emperor died under mysterious circumstances. This person might have poisoned him. His fucking, the, uh, the, the Praetorian Guard might have fucking took him out. And this is like, this is what's dope about the Praetorian Guard. Is the Praetorian Guard was like, they were originally meant. So troops were not, the army was not allowed to be stationed in Rome. And that's when, that's when Julius Caesar have you ever heard Crossing the Rubicon? Yes. Yeah, okay, so, uh, and The Human Abstract, that's a song called Crossing the Rubicon with their old singer. It's a fucking uh, um, But, uh, so, when Julius Caesar crosses the Rubicon, that is the demarcation line. You cannot bring troops, armed okay. troops, beyond the Rubicon. It was a river. And um, that's the point of no return. And so, it's be, it, it, it's this hardcore thing that this, this badass did that becomes part of the lexicon, you know, like thousands of years later. is like crossing the Rubicon is synonymous with the point of no return. And that's declaring war and just fucking yeah. planting your flag. Um, so, in the city, there was what was called the Praetorian Guard. They were the protectors of, you know, the, the emperor or at the time before that it was the Senate. And um, the Praetorian Guard, they get like infiltrated by some pretty serious people. And the Praetorian Guard starts running the country um in a lot of different ways they start putting fucking emperors on the throne they start murdering emperors and putting emperors on the throne they're like the fucking cia you know what i'm saying like it's the, the you could make it you could make a case like an analogous case that uh that the praetorian guard was a lot like the cia yeah, know, this is what our so. this is what our uh our band should be about dude fuck the fuck yeah <laughs> fuck yeah you know what i'm saying It'd probably it's so much writing for you though <laughs> yeah, I know, but I know, I know, I don't want to do it. I don't want, because like I can't recover like I used to recover when I was in my twenties. You know what I mean? Like I can't lock myself Just, in a room and drink all weekend. Well, don't drink. I have to. It's Smoke part of the weed. process. It, it's part of the process, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like That's there's crazy. something about there's something Dude. about the combination, especially if you throw some Adderall in there. There's something about that combination that just it lights my brain on fire. Lights you know, and it, and there's no I know. Like I I might have a creative thought here and there during the day which might spark something later on, but real work doesn't happen when I'm writing unless I'm fucked up. Jesus and like Christ. I know I know when I'm reading it later on I'm like there's no way I don't even know where it comes from I was having this discussion with Brandon Thomas the other day on the phone yeah and um we were talking about like so we were we were basically like we're homos for, yeah we're homos for each other he, you know he inspired I mean? like, me to start my podcast oh I didn't know that no shit yeah, I didn't is that how, how did you did you know him before? No, I was just like I've been listening to his podcast for like a couple months, and I've been trying to start a podcast for like like a couple years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just like you know listening to him one day, and 
he just made me feel so good and inspired. I was like, yo, I'm fucking do it. Yeah, fuck yeah, and man. He's started, such a man. he's such a like Love that, the, man. the energy I, just radiates off of him. Yeah, have you had him on your I'll, show? No, nah, no, nah, I'll talk to him eventually. Yeah, I'll get him. Yeah, have you ever spoken to him? <laughs> no. Yeah, I'll, I'll hook you guys up. I'll hook you guys Dude, up. Thank for sure. you, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm actually uh, working he's like on he's like very... on all like he talks about all my favorite shit. Like I'm not I'm not yeah. super into the UFO stuff, but like any of the wild shit, like basically infinity that's my thing like he believes in infinity anything can fucking happen and mm-hmm. like i just go down any rabbit hole it's and amazing. he's so incredibly positive and he's such yes. like a you know what i mean like he makes me feel better when i speak to him you know what and I mean? like that's me what i'm like trying do to do anything. with my podcast like i don't mm-hmm. do it i guess as much as i should be doing but like i i want to make people feel good when they listen to this thing yeah, no, I want I want to make people uh, I want to make people feel like they need to overthrow the government when they. When they <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's a little, I got a little bit of that. I got a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, but uh, you know, like um, it's in the name though. We were that's right, killing sacred cows. It's because like that's that's how I've always been. You know what I'm saying? Like when I created the podcast, it was like anything is on the fucking table. Like I was, I'm so tired of people now. Like I have said and believed some crazy shit in my life, and you know when I come back to and I come back around it, I'm a little softer on some of my positions. Oh like, yeah, well thought out. I have more to. Oh back yeah, up. and sometimes oh, yeah. I don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like um, I feel you know, it. you know, like I am so sick and tired of like let's say like let's just go fucking right to the uh, i i kind of want to finish up this point so i'm gonna try to remember to come back to here so brandon thomas me and him were talking and like we were talking about when you're when you're interviewing he was like we were telling each other how incredible we are um and uh we were were like if you if you're doing an interview right you know you just pay attention and you foster the conversation you stay curious you stay engaged and but you let whatever the creative spirit is that enters you to take over and that's what i do with my when i'm writing is like i'm not fucking doing the writing i am absolutely not i am tapping into something else something else is 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 working through me i'm just putting all this stuff into my body whether that's like you know (laughs) substances and information and books and all that stuff and i let my hand just go you know what I mean? But I mean, there is an active process because I'm trying to make words rhyme. And that's actually, yeah. uh, I don't think anybody else does this as much as me. Everything rhymes. Yes, dude. Yes. I can't, I can't not rhyme. I can't. I, dude, same. I cannot write lyrics that don't rhyme. If they don't rhyme, yeah. it doesn't sound right to me. Yeah. But then there's like lyrics I'd like listen to in songs that I like that like barely ever rhyme and it sounds great, but I can't write lyrics like that. Gotta rhyme. Yeah. And so I'm trying to remember the thing the other thing what was the other what was the other thing that i was talking about when i before i had to go back Uh, i'm just remembering i started talking about brandon brandon yeah where else did we go fucking because i had a really good point i was gonna make shit and then i was like this i want to remember this i want to get back so you held the hand up yeah no just letting the spirit i thought you had a technique i'm like oh well dude tell me about what was dmt like for you because this is a psychedelic podcast i gotta have a little bit of that on there yeah let's yeah, tail end yeah. the episode here um yes so here's the thing with drugs and me and uh substances and me um so if i get blackout hammer face drunk in front <laughs> of you you wouldn't know okay um i i just i can pull my shit together 
and I'll I, tell you some. I'll tell you some. I'll, I'll tell you some shit off air, maybe. Um, <laughs> but uh, so that's the thing: is substances and drugs, they don't hit me as hard as they hit other people, right? Okay. So my when I interface with something like DMT. Me and someone, the person sitting next to me, like they will blast off into space, but I will get stuck in the between realm, in that mm -hmm. realm where everything just gets real colorful mm -hmm. and um, everything. Uh, it's like I'm 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 in that place right before you blast off. I've never blasted off, and I've smoked plenty of DMT that I should have blasted off. Um, but you know, I get the geometrical shapes, and I and and uh, there's. Um, uh, the things turn into geometrical shapes and then they invade the space around me, but I'm still there, you know? And it's like, it's that, it's in that space where I start realizing the fluidity of reality yeah. and just how our consciousness is hanging by a fucking thread at all times. Yes. By a thread. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you, you pierce that veil once in a while. You can mm -hmm. see through that once in a while. Sometimes like deja vu. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? When you get deja vu, whether it's your brain playing tricks on you or whatever, however fucking scientist goes, goes and dismisses it away, mm -hmm. that's still your experience. And it fucks you up. You know what I mean? Like, sure it, you're like, wait a minute. I was, I already, I already did. I knew I've you were gonna this. say that. I knew you were gonna this. fucking say that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, that could point to something like maybe reality happens a split second before your brain processes it. And even if, even if that is the truth, you know, we as humans, we then what is time? Well, you want does everyone time. does We're everyone gonna... process time the same? You know, like no. you no. know what I mean. People <laughs> don't even process time the same as themselves in a different situation. That's why yeah, if dude. you're having if you're having sex, forty five minutes just flies by. If you if you're fucking if you, shoveling, you ride the bus. Forty five minutes 45 feels 45 like minutes three hours. Ever. Exactly. Time is entirely relative. And that is where it interfaces with music as well. Because yeah. everything about music is relative. Everything is relative to the initial chord, the initial note. You know what I mean? Like, yes. if your first chord is an A chord, you are playing in the key of A and everything must follow. You can break out of that, but if it's key not change. done, if it's not done creatively and if it's not done um, with with grace and style, mm -hmm. you're just making a bad song. Yeah. Um, so I tend to think of a lot of things in terms like in terms relative like that. Like if um, everything is relative to the key, right? So you can have an entirely different interpretation of one single thing because the conditions of which the conditions and the 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 situation molds where that thing, that thought ends up, right? And and I might be muddling this up because like, I still haven't even worked this out, right? Dude, and so like- check, check this and, out. Yeah. Uh, so what my experience is, everything that's ever happened, ever could happen, ever will happen, 
is all happening right now. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing but the moment. And you, you know, everything has to do with every, everything. It's like the butterfly effect. And every, uh, you know, I think everything is, is just one thing. It's just, it's just like God experiencing itself in this physical form. So like you said, like we're just hanging on by yeah, a by thread. A and thread. And you know. if you just, if you just hit your head the wrong way, and they, that, that thread is broken. Yeah, dude. And, but what I was going to say about you not blasting off, um, that my, like, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say you didn't blast off because every time I've smoked DMT, um, I've smoked the full three hits and there's definitely, if you open your eyes, like, yeah, it's still fucking like DMT lane. You can't tell you're in a room, but like you can, you're still breathing. You know, I always still felt like even, even like in my craziest, like out of body in body experiences, like breath had always still been involved, like going through the most intense, scary parts is when you're not like when you're you're not breathing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like you just realize like you like start breathing again and like even when like you're not even in a body like there's no there's no such thing as a body but there's still the feeling and no concept of a body but this like i don't know you're always you no matter what you're always you no, no matter what form so even though you didn't quote unquote blast off. I think you may have, but you just have a stronger connection to your body than some I other do, people yeah. do. Yeah. Like my, I, like I love acid. That's my favorite. I like shrooms, <laughs> but acid is my, is my, is the, the that's what I've if, done the most of. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I have a choice, if I have the three laying out there, mushrooms, acid and DMT, I'll pick acid every time. Yeah. Um, because, and now it's, it's, it's like the same thing too, right? Um, where like, if I do acid with somebody, they'd be like, Oh my God, I'm tripping balls so hard. And I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling good. This is cool. I'm having a good time. You know what I mean? Like, um, nah, dude, I'm really sensitive to the shit. Yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm that'd not be sen- me. I'd be like, oh, I'm tripping so hard. Yeah, no, no, I'm not sensitive at <laughs> Everything's all. Everything's like, I am. I'm not sensitive to substances. I am not sensitive to people's feelings. I am not. <laughs> like, I'm not even sensitive to my own feelings. You know, um, that took years of honing just to get to like the lowest levels of empathy. Um, like. Uh, like like what I was talking about with, with with drinking before. Like I can get shit face hammer drunk, and I still kind of just look like this. Like I might mm-hmm. I might be a little more boisterous. I might yeah. be slurring my words. And if you know me, you know that I'm drunk. Yeah. But like if I get pulled over by a cop, which has happened several times, it's, huh. not, it's not something I advocate. It's not something that I am proud of or anything like that. I don't they condone me, they, the use of anything besides food, water, and air. Yeah. Yeah. They they just let me go. Fuck you know? yeah. Uh, they don't think I'm drunk, but I'm like driving away, like oh my god! <laughs> 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 oh, because every you know, it's like it's like this is the time, this is the Dewey, yeah. this is it. Yeah. Um, but no, but um, so like that's that's the way that I interface with reality. There's just something holding me here. And yeah. It's very strong. It's it's a very strong thing. Um, I got something to do, man. Yeah, uh, I, and I would say the the craziest trippiest shit like about anything is is my dream state my dream my dreams are my dreams and like the the person i become this blows my mind so i when i 
when I dream, um, which I do everything in my power to make sure that I don't dream. Uh, so usually the, the best I can do is smoke sometime before bed. I usually won't have dreams if I smoke. But mm. like sometimes I'm trying to get off that and I'm trying to like just, you know, just, just sleep. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to, you know, um, I can live for days, weeks, and months in a dream. It absolutely happens all the time. Um, and it, it's so vivid. And the place that I go, it's, it's either um, jarring or terrifying wow you know it's um it's never like once every few years i have a sex dream and it always is a wet dream because <laughs> because it's that that's how vivid and real it is um i even have this recurring dream like once every three or four years i pee the bed Oh, because shit. I have a dream where I get up from my bed and I walk to the toilet and yeah. I take my pants down and I piss in the toilet and then I go, something's not right. Dude, and I have I this know. dream all the time, but I somehow wake up and I'm not pissing my pants and I wake up yeah. and then go piss. I've done <laughs> it like three or four times as an adult. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I can't believe I don't piss my pants because it feel, I mean, I'm pissing in the dream, dude. <laughs> yeah. But like, I um, like take for example. Here's this dream one dream that I had. There's this one dream. So, if I'm dreaming and I wake up and I go back to sleep, I go back into the dream. Yeah, dude, I do that. Oh, yeah, me same, same. I do that crazy. every that's morning. Rare. That's rare. I don't really speak to very many people that that also no? do that. I yeah, mean, my no, dreams don't cool. last. You know, years. Sometimes, like a dream will it'll be like fucking five seconds it'll switch to a whole new setting and everything you know and no my dreams but okay. my dreams are always in like the same i'd say 15 to 20 settings but like something's difference going on most of the time i have a couple of reoccurring dreams that are this like the same exact dream um but i haven't had those since really since i was a little kid um but yeah all my dreams are usually in the same 15 20 same settings so I don't know what's going on with that, but in some of them, I'm doing something similar mm -hmm. that I've done before, but I don't know, dude, my dreams are, I don't, I don't know. I always try to, I'm trying to figure them out. I'm like, is this just another life I'm living? The fuck's going on? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I actually think that I'm, I'm occupying a different dimension. I'm like pretty convinced of that. And th there's this, this one dream that I had, and this is a good example of all the stuff that I'm talking about, is um, so I was I was a part of a team of people that was trying to uh, disarm a bomb in a hospital. What the fuck? And yeah, yeah, I was so I was like, you know, I was I had like an earpiece in my ear, and I was getting directed, and and I there was several times where I got to the bomb and I failed to disarm it and it blew me up and it killed me and it fucking hurt like I died it died the dying hurts in my dream dude and, I died um, and felt the pain before it felt the pain yeah I've gotten and, shot in and a dream so and woke up and like felt felt it for like the whole day yeah it's fucking it, it 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 was it was hard so when I when I died when I got killed um I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh my God, you know, it was fucking, it was, you know, I'm breathing heavy and all that shit. So I like fucking go back to bed. I'm back in the dream. 
Yeah. And I have to fucking go and disarm the bomb again. But this Fuck. time, but it's Dude, like, it's like some glitch in the Matrix shit. I was yeah. talking about on my last episode. But here's the thing is that the the dream, everybody and everything in the dream was consistent. So I'm like, oh, well, I fucked up here last time. I'm going to like slip over here so this person doesn't see me. Yeah. Okay, the coast is clear. I can go do it. Um, and then I successfully disarmed the bomb and I woke up and I was like, fucking thank God. And I went Whoa. back to sleep. And then I was a different person on the team and I had to oh. I had to help disarm the bomb from a different from a different perspective. Perspective. Whoa. It was so fucked up. And this lasted all fucking night. Um, oh but I have I've I also have a lot of um experience with astral projecting. Okay. So sometimes it happens by accident. And uh, there was a time in my Tell life. Tell me about this. This is what I am so confused about. I have no idea what astral projection is. It doesn't make any sense to me. So I used to think that it's your soul leaving your body and inhabiting this realm. Um, but I, I, I actually, the so last not- time it, the last time it happened, it was a few months ago. Um, and I tested something out. Okay. And it is not it is not this reality. Whatever the fuck it is, it's not this reality. Dude, see, that's what I thought. It's not. Because um, all the stories you hear, you're like, oh, yeah, I flew to my friend's house and I told him what shirt he was wearing when we woke up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so the, actually, that's that's what I did. So my, I, I was I knew I was astral projecting. And so it's it's probably like this this in between sleep state, but it feels the same every time. It's like. It's like floating and you're trying to get to where you want to go, but you have to like use furniture. It's like you're in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like I've had dreams like that where I'm flying and I have to kind of propel myself off of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I I knew I was doing it. I I heard my roommate shuffling around in the kitchen. He was like cooking and stuff. It was the middle of the day. I was like taking a nap. And uh, I was like, I know what I'm going to do. This is like, I, I was cognizant of what was going on. I was, I'm going to test this out. I'm going to go see what clothes he's wearing. And then I'm going to wake myself up and then go see what clothes he's wearing. Um, but here's the thing is that any entities that I encounter in this realm, they are not friendly. They don't have faces. They're not people. Whoa. They're malevolent. Um, and it's just like. It you sounds get- like the fucking witch that stole my face when I was three years old. This might be. It fucking might be. Whatever. I I don't suggest that people astral project. Some people can't help it. Some people. And but like there was a time in my life when I was trying to astral project. Um, and there is um a method to do it. But it's it's it takes a lot out of you. It's very energy intensive. And oh yeah, it's really scary. I did it one time, scary. but as soon as I got out of my body, I freaked out and got right back in. Like, it was just like it, you feel like the whole fucking room is just like fucking shaking and like yeah, you start to yeah. float up and when you start to float up you're like holy shit it's and I was scary like, and everything it's scary. chilled and out I th- and I was like alright fuck that yeah and I think it's scary because it's your soul telling you that you you don't want this this is yeah. no you, you should not be doing this yeah you're in your body be in your body yeah you're in your body for a fucking reason we have time for this later like this yeah. is not the place for you right now you, you you can't grasp you can't wrap your mind around it so what I did was I yeah I got out of my body and I went into the kitchen and my roommate was wearing a yellow flannel shirt and I was like yo dude what's going on and he turned around and he didn't have a face and he oh, tried to attack shit. me and it was just bad so so I fucking jumped back into my body and I, I woke up and then I walked into the kitchen and he was wearing a red flannel. Mm. Now, that might be like part 
of a it, it <sighs> light distortion. Well, no. Here's the thing. No, it might it it the fact that he was wearing a flannel. Yeah, might have pointed to it being some in between realm, but he wears a lot of flannels. So yeah. also, I could have just it just could have been a good just guess, some, like a mimic, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's when I determined finally, like after you know experiencing this for pretty much my whole life. But like, was he where he was when you're astral projecting? Yes, but I I was in a in an in between sleep state. So I heard him fucking around in the kitchen, and that's why okay. I was actually projecting in my room. I heard him like he's very loud when he's when he's cooking food. Like it's it's I don't know why he's that loud, but he <laughs> pays half the rent, so he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Um, uh, but so that's that's why I was like I know like I I knew it. I was like this is it. This is my moment that I actually get to test this because you're not always that cognizant of what's going on. Um, and so I wanted to test it out, but again, like the, I, every time I encounter an entity, sometimes you can astral project and not encounter another entity, and mm -hmm. that's fine. That's cool. You're just flying around. It's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Um, but whatever inhabits that realm is not friendly. Yeah, I feel like that's the realm LSD brings me into. Oh, that's not, that's not, the, I, I stay, I'm, fir, like I say, well, I'm firmly in my body with LSD. I'm firmly here. Like, I don't, I don't trip balls. Um, I love to have sex on acid. That's my absolute oh my favorite. God, absolute that favorite. insane. That's Dude, you just, you. Wild. You, it's like you, you, the semen doesn't end. It's, just, <laughs> it, it's, it's fucking porn star stuff. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, well, it's just like, it's still going on. <laughs> You know what I mean? But it feels so fucking incredible. And the thing that I love about sex on acid is that you have control over yeah, everything. Everything. You, everything you have control everything. and the sensations are incredible. And if you close your eyes while you're while you're having sex, like you you can yeah. end up in another place. It's it's yeah. it's really incredible shit. Yeah. Um but I really love like watching uh watching movies. You know what I mean? Like I love like, like dude, watching watch, there's nothing like watching watching the wall. Dude, I watched uh, two thousand one Space Odyssey the first time I did mushroom rooms uh, and, or second time nice, nice dude that we didn't we didn't make it through the whole movie but that that was probably that was one of my most intense trips dude that was that was insane but like it just blew my mind i'd never seen the movie before either but like the first scene with the monkeys dude it blew my mind i was just like yeah <laughs> yeah all made sense and like when I'm on acid, especially, it's very much of a mind fuck. It's a it's a it's a mind thing. I don't have as many visuals. Like I do have visuals and stuff like that, and that's always fun. Um, but it's just like I'm aware of my fingers perspiring. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it just, dude. It, it, yeah. if anything, it tethers. That's my, me to my least body. favorite part about tripping is like any kind of sweat you feel. Like you, you just feel wet. And you like, feel and you feel every breath, and your your yeah. lungs feel sticky. Dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you're just so aware. You feel your heart beating. All these things yeah. that you take for granted. And that's why I love psychedelics is because any time I come out the other side, I'm like, I take everything for granted. I yeah, dude. You know, and, and, and as long as I can like, and there are times where like, um, you know, everybody goes through their, their phases. Everybody goes through their ups and downs. And everybody goes through these times where like they're cognizant for a considerable period of time of how grateful they are for everything. Mm -hmm. um, and if it you can inhabit away. that space, you know, a majority of the time, then you're in, you're in good shape. 
you know, but uh, psychedelics really do that. They really pull you into like, dude, like this is temporary. Everything is temporary. Your relationships are temporary. Your breath is temporary. Everything is temporary. Like enjoy it, Mm -hmm. you know, make sure that you're, you're playing drums with your son. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Well, shit, man. That sounds like a good way to wrap this episode up. For sure, man. Hey, dude, this is fucking. You're the man, Shane. I'm dude, very glad that, that we met, that we met. Like fucking, and we're gonna we're gonna do this fucking this conspiracy theory band. And we're yeah, gonna fucking, dude. We're gonna make some waves, bro. This is rocking round table. This is a, this is the beginning of something beautiful. Absolutely, brother. Horns up, bro. Horns up. Boom. Blow. Blow. <laughs> Blood out. Where can everybody find your shit? Okay, you can find me on All Media United. That uh, that's probably like the the prettiest place to find me. But you can contact me or check out. You know, you should check out the Instagram. It's at I knew some pod. Um, you can contact me there if you want to come on the show. If you had any psychedelic experiences you want to talk about or anything, you know, crazy or interesting. You know, I'm 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 down for pretty much anything on my show as long as it gets my spirits up and I'm interested in it. Um, and you can contact me at I knew some, but I didn't know it all pod at gmail.com. Boom. And I am Jay Hennahan, how to kill a sacred cow. Um, you can find me on anywhere podcasts are sold. Um, how to kill a sacred cow.com is the place to check out. Uh, I've been making it more and more, uh, of a, of a place to go for a one-stop shop for all my stuff. And it's, it's, uh, it's a great place to land. I have a, a library in there where you can, um, you can buy any of the books that uh, any of the guests that I've had on, uh, and, um, you can find me on YouTube, YouTube, you, the channel is Jay Hennahan, but I'm also on BitChute and Odyssey and yeah, that's all the places you can find me. George Orwell with musical. Listen to that shit. Dude, listen to that shit. Boom. Thanks for listening to the I Knew Some But I Didn't Know It All podcast. And How to Kill a Sacred Cow. How to Kill a Sacred Cow. Boom. Blood out.
I want the dead to be dead. Forever. I want to be one of them. Except, of course, you can't be one of them. You can't be one of the dead, because that which has no existence can have no community. No community. My heart warms just thinking about it. Blackness, loneliness, silence, peace. And all of it only a heartbeat away. I don't regard my state of mind as some pessimistic view of the world regarded as the world itself. Evolution cannot avoid bringing intelligent life ultimately to an awareness of one thing and one thing above all else. That one thing is futility. I'm understanding you right. You're saying everybody that just ain't eat up with the dumbass ought to be suicidal. You ain't shitting me. No, I am not shitting you. If people could see the world for what it truly is, see their lives for what they truly are without dreams or illusions, I don't believe they could offer the first reason why they should not elect to die as soon as possible. I don't believe in God. Can you understand that? Look around you, man. Can't you see? The clamor and din of those in torment has to be the sound most pleasing to his ear. And I loathe these discussions. The argument of the village atheist whose single passion is to revile endlessly that which he denies the existence of in the first place. Your fellowship is a fellowship of pain and nothing more. And if that pain were collective instead of merely reiterative, the sheer weight of it would drag the world from the walls of the universe and send it crashing and burning down through whatever night it might yet be capable of engendering until it was.